0: When guys would come in, I was more intrigued with, like, the process with, okay, yeah. how do you guys game plan? Like, where do you guys start? Do you start as a group? Do you start separate? Do you start on formations? Do you start on explosive plays? Like, how do you even start the week? Remember, I'm I, I'm new to coordinating. I had seen it done in multiple different ways, but we all know we're all trying to find the perfect way. I still don't think there's a perfect way. I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of tailored to the guy that's running it and what he feels comfortable with bird right 18 premium diesel joe montana Buster douglas john Elway, john out daisy right soy. blitz right travolta right pumpkin left alert charlotte left on oh, one punch right zach will go 15 tip scissors cannon to 300 jet stick victory is a great play call
1: All right, coaches. Welcome back to another episode of the Play Callers Club. We're fired up to be back with you. And we are really, really fortunate to have Will Stein, the offensive coordinator at Oregon on with us. Me and Rashad got got to run into Will down in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. He was down there checking out Bo Nix, uh, lighting it up at the Senior Bowl, and uh, got to chat a little bit. And, yeah, man, we really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting a little football with us.
0: I'm really excited, Dan, about this and Rashad and Jake. I've you know the the joke around. I'm sure I don't want to call it a joke, but to get on Dan Casey's Twitter, Instagram account <laughs> is like, I mean, everybody's trying to get on that, and everybody gets excited. We had uh we called it the Dan Casey off when we were playing killing, Kenny Dillingham at Arizona oh, yeah. State. Kenny, you know all of his gate formations <laughs> the week before, so we knew we had to to bring out some stuff. I, I think I might have gotten on dan casey's twitter last year a few times so oh you're you're I on there. you're to be on the yeah. show
1: <laughs> man you're you're on heavy rotation i do have to apologize though i think the first time you got on there was for a uh, like a direct snap punt when you're at utsa or something yeah i so, appreciate uh, that one yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> i screwed you over a little bit with well, that one did but hey
0: do we have any good music for that one was there any uh, nice, you
1: know you, you may you, you know? may have had some good music i at least tried to get That's you right. I, I tried to get you something yeah I for sure appreciate man. that <laughs> yeah but yeah, man, we're, we're pumped to have you on. I think, you know, what we try to do on this show, obviously we have Play Callers on. That's why it's called the Play Callers Club. Talk a lot about that process. But I think before we jump into the football stuff, I'd love to just kind of take you back to your time as a Texas high school football coach, coaching at Lake Travis. Um, can you just take us back to that time a little bit in your career, your development, and, and give us a, a little behind the scenes of what that was like for you?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, my first real taste of, Texas high school football was in 2015 when I got hired on at University of Texas mm-hmm. and two weeks prior to my hiring they hired a guy or Charlie hired a guy named Jeff Trailer, and I knew guys on the staff because most of them had coached me or I was on staff or played for Charlie at Louisville so I knew a bunch of the guys already but um, you know there was like a gravitational pull towards Jeff Trailer, and I had really no clue about Gilmer I had thought I knew about Texas high school football, you know, the Friday night lights and what it was all about. But Jeff was really the one that liked me on it with all of his stories, with his comeback stories, Gilmer versus Gladewater. I mean, yeah, just some, some really cool, unique stuff that, you know, I had a great high school career. I played at Trinity high school in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a, you know, a powerhouse in the Midwest and played for Bob Beatty and Andrew Coverdale, like had some incredible coaches and mentors um, but when I met Jeff, like I knew something was different about Texas high school football. Then obviously spending three years at UT, getting ingrained in the state. And then um, it was bowl prep for Missouri for the Texas Bowl, the mighty Texas Bowl, the Longhorns versus the Tigers. And I, uh, you know, I went up to Tom Herman that that bowl prep. I said, you know what, coach, like we're doing these scout bowls. Like, how come Tim Beck gets to call? Why don't you let me call it one time? You know, and so he did. And uh, you know, I had my my call sheet on like a uh a, a, a practice script, you know, I was doing it kind <laughs> of while we were doing the bowl prep on the side, you know, between scout periods, I'd write up some plays, you know, what I wanted to run that I knew that the kids could go execute. And so I got my first real taste of what calling it was like during that Texas bowl prep. And so I had the itch. And, you know, I had some FCS offers to go be receiver coach or be a, a position coach somewhere else, but you know, it was I guess March of 2018. Um, somebody on staff told me that Mike Wall had left Lake Travis and that the offensive coordinator job was open there. So I was like, okay, well, I know I know all about Lake Travis Baker Mayfield, Garrett Gilbert. I know they had a kid at the time named Garrett Wilson as a receiver. Um, I was like, okay, well, this seems. Pretty cool. I've been at UT for three years. I've been in quality control for five. Like, hey, I don't I go kind of see what this is like and and see if I can get a plug in. And Hardy McCrary had helped me get on with Hank uh, Carter over at Lake Travis. And Jeff Trailer had helped as well. Tom Herman, I believe he called for me as well. So I went over to Lake Travis and um, Hank interviewed me. And, uh, you know, a few days later, he had offered me the job. And it was uh at that point in my career was a no brainer. You know, I, I knew I wasn't going to get bumped up necessarily at Texas. I knew I would have to, you know, go to a program that, you know, everybody thinks might be lesser, even though they're all great. Uh, but, you know, an FCS level, something like that. And I figured why not go to Lake Travis where it's basically an FCS level job. No doubt. I mean, yeah. the intensity, the off season, the, the, uh, the fandom, the, the community, everything that Lake Travis is to that community and that, that football program. It was a no brainer for me when I got offered the job and, you know, it was just, you know, I'm obviously at a premier place right now at Oregon. This is honestly the the greatest job that you could probably have as an offensive coordinator, <laughs> no doubt. but I will say my two years spent at Lake Travis in 2018 and 19, it was as mo, it was the most fun I ever had coaching. You know, we, uh, had great kids. We had great support. Hank is still one of my best friends to this day. Um, the camaraderie with on the st- within the staff, uh, the kids I was able to coach—Garrett Wilson, like I said earlier, Hudson Card um, had some phenomenal players. We made a great run both years. We got beat in the semifinals both years to uh, by North Shore, who was just absolutely loaded. Oh, you know, Meters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Davis and Zach. Um,
2: Zach Evans. No, oh, yeah. Zach Evans. I mean, both
0: tackles played in the SEC. So they were absolutely stacked. And a funny story about that, in 18, we went to NRG to play him. And I told my wife, I was like, Yeah, I think we got a chance. I think we're I think we're gonna beat him. And my wife, Darby, she said she showed up to the game and saw them in warm-ups and was like you guys have zero chance <laughs> against 0 oh, got some good scheme. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, how could you ever tell me that you could beat these guys? I was like, I just felt like we had a good team. And then <laughs> saw those dudes, I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen this D- year. Different but, team. Different but, team. Yeah, it was um, – I mean, it was incredible. It was everything that you could want for and more. And, I mean, I cried like a baby – to those coaches and to those kids when, when Jeff, who was my mentor, like almost like a second father to me, when he asked me to go to UTSA, it was again, at that point, it was a no brainer, but I mean, just everything that poured into those two years at Lake Travis and going from PE, uh, you know, I teach Texas uh, to, to get a bump right. up to ISS. <laughs> I ISS. Yes. Year, two, year two, I was in ISS. That's where I did all my, you know, my scout cards for practice and, <laughs> you know, any type of, you know, game planning that I didn't have time at, you know, my own desk. It was uh, done in those ISS rooms. So oh, yeah, it was an awesome experience. And I'm forever grateful for for Hank uh, to hire me and to go through that with within.
2: So you talked about, you know, moving from being a QC to being an offensive coordinator. And I know you talked about kind of the scout bowl It's kind of what inspired you a little bit. But, you know, how, how hard of a jump is that to go from somebody with – Really not a lot of involvement in the offense to completely running your own offense.
0: Um, It was big, you know, it was a a, a big jump. You know, people might say, well, you went from college down to high school. Well, I mean, you guys know as well as I do, the process doesn't change. Right, You just are dealing with a different level of kid, but in terms of installation, in terms of game planning, in terms of prep in terms of leading a group of men in one direction to coach it's all the same. I mean, the same process I use here in Oregon is very similar to what I did at Lake Travis. and um, But it was a jump. Um, I was fortunate. I kind of mentioned earlier just my upbringing. I've, I've been really blessed to play for, coach with some, I'm, I'm talking like the who's who of college football, some incredible coaches I've been associated with and learned from from starting with my dad, my youth coaches to Trinity High School in Louisville, Kentucky, where I mentioned Bob Beatty. I mean, he's one of the all-time winningest coaches in the state of Kentucky. I believe he won 13 or 14 state championships. Um, Andrew Coverdale was my offensive coordinator. Who, I mean, I'm Can't sure most that, people are listening to this, <laughs> right? He actually, I had him on with our offensive staff last week and had him just clinic our guys on the wide zone and play actions off of it and hard ball runs and. Duo and adding extra guys in the, in the into the run scheme, so he's as as good of a coach as I've ever been around, ever had, and I was fortunate to have him be my high school offensive coordinator and can coach I, me. Can I,
1: can I pause you for one second on on Coach yeah. Coverdale because he's a huge inspiration to me and some of the stuff that I've done. You know, writ, read all his books that he's written. I think he's at he's at uh, Saint X in Cincinnati now. That's right. Yep. Uh, but just an unbelievably intelligent coach and teacher like teacher of coaches. What was that like as a high school kid getting to play for a guy that was that just intelligent when it comes to the game of football?
0: Well, he made the most complex things seem so simple. Yeah. And we were so far ahead of majority of high school football programs around the country in terms of our scheme. Um, the ability for the quarterback to control things at the line of scrimmage, our mix and mm-hmm. match of tempos, playing in a huddle, out of a huddle. And he was an expert at uh, game planning to the uh, personnel that he had. You know, yeah. one year we were 20 personnel, the next year we're 11, the next year we're 12, 13. Like he was just Crazy. so good and creative at, at fitting the scheme which was wide zone driven, play action, naked spacing, um, fitting that scheme into the players. And he was never, um, you know, complacent. He was always on the cutting edge, like I said, and, and just an incredible coach, you know, especially, you know, he didn't play quarterback, but he taught me things then as my quarterback coach coordinator that I still use today, you know, still use. Um, and, yeah, he's just still a, a very close friend to me now and we bounce ideas off each other all the time he's always looking to grow as as am i and yeah i mean really really lucky to have coach cub it's awesome it's awesome yeah and then you jump forward to louisville and you know, my first quarterback coach was jeff Brom. Uh, my second one was matt wells then i had mike grow and sean watson i mean this is crazy shane steichen was a quality control at louisville in 2010 In the (laughs) quarterback. Yeah. Jerome Moore was our GA at Louisville. I was with Jerome for five years. You know, Um, Sean Watson, he took the complex West coast system and made it really simple for all of us to learn. Uh, One of the best coaches I ever had. Um, And I worked for Bobby Petrino in 14. Uh, I got back with coach strong and and the crew at Texas, but that's where I met Jeff trailer. You know, I worked hand in hand with Jay Norvell. Um, And then sterling gilbert and matt maddox came in and and showed me the the art briles offense mm-hmm. that i had no background in and, and tempo and and how that can be used to your advantage with wide splits um and then i had tom herman you know i worked for tom and, and tim beck you know so by the time i was the coordinator of Lake travis i had this fast <laughs> you know you know book of knowledge you know yeah. i didn't really know how to use it yet but at least i had a foundation to I know what good offense is supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was a lot of trial and error, you know, year one, and we weren't very good, even at Lake Travis, what we, you would expect. Um, you know, we, we went 13 and two. We scored a bunch of points, but it wasn't clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, we had better players than 99% of the teams until we played North Shore we played Westlake. So um, I was able to get away with some probably bad schematics that first year, but that helped me you know, that next off season and, and getting really used to how um, high school defenses play different looks or how they fit the run and, and what I can do and can't do. So year one was a lot of figured out, but, you know, Hank Carter's as good as, as there is in, in coaching. And he was always great in terms of his ability to, to, to talk to me and kind of have a common sense approach to, to football.
2: Well, speaking of Hank, him and him and Dan are both defensive guys. What are kind of some pros? Maybe you don't have to go too much into the cons of talk. We don't talk too much defense on here, but um, what what are the pros of working with a defensive minded head
0: coach? Well, I mean, you know, all defensive guys are. I mean, they're all kind of similar. They all they all got these plays that they want to formulate that is just yeah, kill yeah. their defense. And you should run this. And no, I'm kidding. They are actually very similar because. Both are extremely intelligent, Yeah, I'm talking, could coach really any side of the ball. I mean, Dan and Hank could be offensive coordinators if they wanted to. I, I really believe that about both of them. Um, they're both cutting edge. They're both growth mindset oriented. Um, they, they have a vast background in multiple different positions. So they're guys, when they talk, you want to listen to because they know what they're talking about. Um, but it is nice, you know, as an offensive coach to um, – you know, have that autonomy over what we're doing, but also the freedom to go talk to your head guy and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Or him coming to our room, and be like, "Hey, I saw freaking Middle Tennessee run this against <laughs> whatever it might have been." Hey, I saw Dan Casey post yeah. <laughs> this you know? So um, they're both not only great coaches, they're great people, and they make coming to work every day, you know, extremely enjoyable.
1: That's awesome. So let's uh let's fast forward to this past season with Oregon. You know, I think as a play caller, you always have moments where you're like, man, I need to get that play back. So think through a time where you call to play and you can talk through the scenario if you're comfortable in which you wish you're like, man, I wish I had that play back.
0: I mean, you guys know there's there, there's probably, if, if let's say we're playing uh, 70 plays, right? There's mm-hmm. 50 plays that are – they're kind of a wash, you know. There's 10 that you dialed it up, right? <laughs> and then there's 10 that might not be that great, but either your kids made it right or they didn't. So th- there's plays every game. When you win, there's, man, this one. Gosh, I wish I had that back. And my wife's looking at me like, you all just scored 45 points. I'm like, I know <laughs> this one. I um, You know, and then same with you lo- when you lose. So you have to be able to really – compartmentalize it and really look at the tape. And what does the tape tell you? But in terms of games this year, I mean, we all know that we, I mean, we're three points from playing, you know, in the uh, college football playoffs. So, you know, there's, there's, there's plays. There's really plays in that in the first game. um, You know, there's some fourth down calls that early in the game, I was completely good with what, I go back to the Bill Walshism. Like the, the game is played in the offensive staff room throughout the week. If you're yep. trying to have gut calls on a sideline, like good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You better make those gut calls when there's you and your old staff in a room. It's air conditioned. We're sitting down. We're watching the tape. That's when those calls are made. So, and now are there plays within a game that you got to kind of think outside the box or make adjustments? Sure. But, I mean, how many times do you completely change your game plan? I mean, really? Yeah. There's not a lot. If you happen to completely change your game plan in the game, that means you didn't do crap during the week. <laughs> you know, to prepare. So But, uh, you know, the the third and two, fourth and two sequence in the first matchup against Udo, I mean, that's that'll haunt me for a long, long time. Um, you know, you have a chance to, to win the game on the field and take a knee, um, to go on a four-minute drive. We probably need another first down after that, but – uh, you know, that was critical. Um, you know, third and two, we we had really a duo scheme called with a check to a sprint out, and it was off a sideline, and, you know, communication was not clear. So we ran the ball into, you know, blitz defense with everybody and their mom up at the line of scrimmage and got stuffed. And then fourth and two came off, and I called a base down pass, um, thinking to move the pocket to create a pick. And it was just a really poor play call. So that was uh, one looking back. If I just call the fourth and two call that I had on my sheet that was in the calm, cool, collectiveness of uh, offensive staff room, I at least could have left that game knowing that I called what I said I was going to call. And it was one play. But we all know that one play sometimes is the difference between winning and losing. So UW gets the ball at midfield. Panics goes about three plays. So it was a fade for a touchdown and now we're in two minute mode trying to get a field goal to to, to tie it up. So um, that sequence was um, for sure something that you hate to learn in that situation and against your bitter rival on the road with an opportunity <laughs> to, to really set the stage moving forward to, to go undefeated. Um, but, you know, we're that that's the human element to the game and thank God that AI is not calling our AI would probably call the fir- perfect play call. And that's what <laughs> makes this game such a, a, you know, a life lesson to us all. And, uh, so that one for sure is, is the haunting one last year, you know, the PAC 12 championship loss, we just got off to a poor start. I don't think schematically we're really at a disadvantage as much, but, um, you know, first play of the game, we sat on the bench for, you know, seven minutes. They went on a drive, but that seven minutes in real time is more like 30 minutes with oh, commercial yeah. Oh, yeah. timeouts. So I called a RPO first play. So there's another one. I appreciate you asking this, Rashad, all my terrible play calls. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just, we script openers, but that doesn't mean that you got to stick with it, especially right. in that yeah. situation where we're on the bench, we ran out of the tunnel, the juices are flying, and then you sit. You know, so what's something better than an RPO lock zone scheme on the first play? No, just call duo. Just let's get some double teams. Let's treat it like team run on a Tuesday. Like, let's just get the ball moving forward. You know, that's something looking back, you know, in terms of a teachable moment for me is you don't you want to stick with your openers because we love them, right? Like, this is this is it. We're just going to set this up. But in that situation, hey, let's just hand the ball to Bucky let's get our guys get some double teams and and let's call a hardball run that that we like and that we liked in the game you know regardless so um those are two moments and you know there's learning moments every game and that's that's the beauty of it and the chance to improve and get better for the next week
1: well the reason Rashad asked that question to all of our guests is because we had to play we played a single wing team in a championship game a couple years ago and we got iced out hard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i i went total panic mode man i was like oh frick like we only have you know so many possessions we got to make them count and you just start pressing a little bit and i definitely learned some hard lessons that year and so rashad always keeps me in check of like hey man just relax <laughs> do what you do
0: yeah they, <laughs> so, you, wing, man. you gotta have that it's important um, yeah they,
1: they held the ball you know, for that, that about guys 18 minutes.
0: You, right guys can keep you kind of laser focused and not get too emotional because, you know, the kids are gonna look at us and they're gonna feel us, they're gonna feel some anxiety and but that's a human element of it. And if you can minimize that each week, then you're you're definitely uh um uh, doing something right. And you know, when when you're moving the ball, that play sheet, I mean you get every play you feel good about when <laughs> it's you're on not fire. Stuffed, yeah. And you start looking at that call sheet, you're like, golly, uh, like what <laughs> I can't find anything on here. So you just need that <laughs> that yeah, Rashad yeah. in your life to say, Hey, don't forget. <laughs> remember, we said we wanted to call this. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Like this scheme. We like it against what they do. It's got answers to it. So that definitely helps.
1: You said one thing that really stood out to me about kind of the flow of the game, you know, 50 calls, they're going to be there. 10 calls, you're scheming them up. If you have 70 plays and there's 10 that, you know, you, you may or may not be right, but your, your kids kind of make you right or wrong. And that really stood out to me because you you coached a quarterback, very experienced quarterback this past year. Um, And it seemed like you guys had a great working relationship. It seemed like he had, like you were talking about earlier, a lot of autonomy at the line to kind of make things right and trust what he sees. What does that look like for you as an offensive coordinator, working with a quarterback, giving them autonomy and collaborating with them on the process of the game plan?
0: It's huge. And, and, as you guys know, man, you, the kids got to prove it over time that they can handle it. Because even a guy like Bo, as smart and as tough as he is, there's still too much for, for him. You yeah. know, there is. And the last thing you want to do is hamstring your quarterback and have them overthink, you know, yeah. paralysis by analysis. You want them to go play free, but you want to give them answers at the line to, um, you know, get you in the best look. So, uh, but it, it's huge. I mean, we, we try to – pair plays with other schemes um, to give guys, you know, answers at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, it can be as simple as, hey, outside zone, you're running to the shade, away rotation. So if you build outside zone in your your early plan throughout the week, or if that's a spring ball ad or whatever, like, if you can give them the problems to the play before, then they can get you out of plays easier at the line of scrimmage. So, we try to almost reverse it, reverse engineer it instead of saying, hey, this is great against this. Well, let's talk about what's bad against you. Um, so so now kids can have a better understanding of the why behind stuff. So Bo had a great understanding of the why. Um, he was also a guy that played five years of college football and started almost every game. So um, experience does matter and it does, you know, improve you as an offense. I mean, look at the Heisman finalists, Jane Daniel. Everybody's talking about Bo's age. Jaden Daniels is the same age as Bo. Michael Penix was the same age as Bo. <laughs> right. You know, guys are playing their best football the older they are. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same in the NFL. Guys improve over time. So um, to have that experience at quarterback is, it, you, you really can't put a price tag on it because it's priceless. You know, in 50, uh, 16 at Texas, we had Shane Bouchel.
1: He mm-hmm. was a true
0: freshman. Now, Shane was a, dog i mean this dude was a damn good player Mm can throw it can run it smart tough dependable i mean he's still in the nfl but he was a freshman so it's just like it's hard to put it all on a freshman it Um, is so you know when you're playing with a younger kid maybe you package plays maybe you build some kills into it and make it a middle open middle close check just something simple um or maybe you have some catch-all plays that you feel good about regardless of looks but to have experience at quarterback is, is priceless and to be able to coach a guy like Bo Nix who had complete control at the line of scrimmage. Um, and like you talked about a working relationship. Um, it was, it was awesome. I mean, he was a football junkie.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, that's
0: what you, that's what you want your quarterbacks to be. Mm, you no want doubt. them to love freaking ball and to eat, sleep, breathe it. And when you have that, you know, you got something special or at least something to work with. Um, and obviously Bo was a, Phenomenal talent as well. So he, he definitely made me look better than, than what I might be. But it, we all know that having a quarterback, you know, is, is something that it, you have to have at, at this in this sport to, to be successful and move the football.
2: No doubt about as it. As somebody that played quarterback, do you feel like that affects how you call a game at all? I mean, I know it was a little while, but you're a pretty young guy. So, I mean, the the game has changed, but not too much. And the time since you played? So, do you, I mean, the way you used to see the game when you are on the field, do you feel like that kind of seeps into your play calling at all?
0: Uh, I do, you know, and I always got to give them a little bit of a reminder. Like if they just keep missing a throw or whatever, I'm going to grab the football. I'm going to say, okay, <laughs> watch this guy. And I throw it. I usually hit it and I say, it's not that hard. You guys make it Easy way throwing. too hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All, all these cute little throws and hip stuff looking like Dak's pregame. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Just throw the ball in the damn net, you know? No, And you
1: were probably throwing, like, way over the top, too, when you were playing, right? Like, you were – I I, yeah, yeah, I I played baseball. I could change my arm a little bit. Get a little bit. A yeah. little bit.
0: <laughs> that's right. But, um, no, I think that perspective definitely helps. And it's not just a scheme. It's just like, man, it's that, a tough position. I, I mean, I kind of open up my quarterback meetings every year with – like, you want to talk about, a, you have to be mentally tough to play quarterback, okay. you know, because who does the TV pan to on the sidelines? They pan to Dan Lanning, then they go to Will Stein, and then they go to Bo Nix. Those are the three. They'll, they'll, they'll pan Tosh as well, our defensive coordinator. But those are the four people that they show. So I know what it feels like, not the level that Bo played, but I was in the – I was out there. You know, I know what that feels like. I know what that pressure feels like, and I know – you know, what the game feels like at that position. Um, But it's not the end-all, be-all. Some of my best coaches didn't even play quarterback, like Coach Coverdale. Yep. So it's not the end-all, be-all, but I definitely think it helps with perspective and and to be able to put your arm around a kid and be like, hey, dude, it's going to be all right. I promise you, we're going to be fine. Like, right, Let's just keep grinding um and keep working. And, and it usually pans out well. And also just in terms of being in a quarterback competition, you know, I, I've been involved in that. Um, so, you know, a lot of kids want to compare themselves to somebody else and hey, this kid threw it this many times today. I didn't. And it's like, dude, those reps don't matter. What matters are your reps? Are you maximizing your reps and, and getting better and improving to, to make me feel comfortable as a play caller, as offense coordinator to put you in the damn game? You know, right. So, right. Um, I definitely think it does help. Um, I don't know if it's the end all be all, but it definitely, it, it creates perspective for the coach. <laughs> I think to, to know what those kids are going through.
1: Now, speaking of play calling, uh, when we were when we were down in Mobile, we were talking a little bit about your call sheet, specifically when you're at UTSA. And uh, can you do you mind retelling that story of Jeff Trailer, kind of asking you how many plays you got on your call sheet and wanting you to chop it down to maybe like thirty plays or something like that? What's well, that What's you know, that experience like? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, when I was at Lake Travis, I was the recruiting coordinator too, so you know I would ask guys some scheme stuff, but I was more like I told you, I had like the most scheme out of anybody that you can imagine at that point in my life. Right? I mean, there isn't one play that I have not seen. Maybe there is. I don't know. I got to check <laughs> Dan's Twitter. I don't know. But I'm, sure I'm you've telling seen you, it. I was – but with Petrino, we had, you know, 300 calls on the sheet for a game. Watson, West Coast, we had a ton of calls. Cub carried a lot of offense. I've seen a ton of offense. So when guys would come in – I was more intrigued with like the process with, okay, yeah. how do you guys game plan? Like, where do you guys start? Do you start as a group? Do you start separate? Do you start on formations? Do you start on explosive plays? Like, how do you even start the week? Remember, I'm, I, I'm new to coordinating. I had seen it done in multiple different ways, but we all know we're all trying to find the perfect way. I still don't think there's a perfect way. I think it's just kind of tailored to the guy that's running it and what he feels comfortable with, so – Shane Beamer, I really loved when he came to Lake Travis. This is when he was at Oklahoma. Number one, he was extremely diligent in knowing our players. He knew guys in the district. He asked great questions. He took notes. I mean, it was like a great example of what a college coach coming into a high school should do. He was respectful of the time. He always texted me beforehand. It was awesome. So um, he was with uh, Lincoln Riley at the time at OU. So I was like, okay. I keep hearing that he's got this. He's got the small sheet. Like, how many plays does this guy have? He's like, he goes. There's 32 open field calls, and there's probably another 32 situations. So I'm like, so you got like 60 plays going to the game? He's like, yeah. Like, how is that possible? (laughs) You only have 60 plays. So you know, fast forward to UTSA. I think we just we were we were kicking ass, you know. But Jeff was always remember. I mean, I've known him forever. I was like, a son knew him. I'm like, so he's always kind of just, you know, you got to keep you on edge a little bit. You know, you can't can't be complacent no matter your scoring points or not. We really weren't playing clean. You know, it looked like we were scoring, but there's just some dumb crap going on. It's like, dude. So he's like, Will, like, how many plays do we have? I'm like, well, I think we got like, you know, 45 base down calls. We got this. He's like, that's too much offense, man. Like, it's too much. Like, you always told me that Lincoln Riley carried 32 plays. Why can't we get that? I'm like, I know, but I like this play too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. But, yeah, Jeff was great at keeping me, you know, in that mindset of less is more. And, you know, especially at that point in that league, we had better players than most of the teams we were playing. So how do we keep it simple for our kids? How do we play with tempo? How do we change the tempo? How do we use formations to, to really – do more or seem like more. And that's what we ended up doing. And I think the best game I ever called at UTSA was against, at UAB. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, UAB and us were really the best two teams in that league. And we went to Birmingham and and beat them in double overtime. But we played really clean. And, you know, that week prior, I mean, Jeff was, I I was like, I I don't know if I can work for this guy anymore. He is on my ass. (laughs) And I love him like a damn dad, like I told you all. So it's like, but it was a great reminder that you're always good as what your kids can do, and like less is more, and solve problems with formations. Don't try to have more schemes, and it, uh, and just rep it more, man. Practice the hell out of it, and then cut it loose on game day. So that's uh, that's what happened, and you know, I'm very very thankful for that. I love that. That's awesome.
2: Well, speaking of the call sheet a little bit, this is kind of taking a left turn a little bit here, but moving to the big 10 this year, is that something, I mean, talking about, you know, new teams to play against, kind of new schemes to face defensively talking about weather probably that y'all haven't played in, you know, in October, November, a little bit, is that something you're thinking about right now? Or is that kind of something that you worry about down the line?
0: You know, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned weather and, that's one thing I think we're kind of set up for, Yeah. because yeah, sure. I mean we we get weather up here. It doesn't mm-hmm. snow, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. I, you know, when I came up here, I figured it would snow, but it kind of it missed rain. So yeah. we, our kids, were out there this morning, and it was drizzling, it was thirty degrees. You know, so I think we are. Is it Michigan? Is it Wisconsin in November? Probably not that cold, but at least our kids know what elements are like. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Um, not to say that the, the guys in LA will, will, they might be just as good as, who knows, you know, but at least we know what some elements are like. So um, we obviously can't, there's nothing we can do about it. It's, For it's sure. going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that, you know, talking about mental toughness and with our group right now, that's weather is definitely something. But, you know, Dan's done a great job, our entire staff, of building this roster up to look the part. Uh, yep. we're, we're a big team like we have speed uh, we have um you know size to us as well so i think we're going to be able to match up pretty well in that league i really do um i'm excited about that i'm excited about those matchups schematically you know i haven't really dove into big 10 defense just yet mm-hmm. um you know but there there's great coaches everywhere. You know, the pack had some phenomenal guys on defense You think about, you know, the guys at Oregon state do a hell of a job. Um, You know, a lot of guys pose a lot of problems each week, not only on first and second down, but third down. I mean, it was like the mug defense. I mean, it's like Brian Flores (laughs) every week. Yeah. So, um, but no, excited about that challenge and excited to go to some of these venues and play against these historic teams and, you know, excited for our kids. I know they're ready to roll. And, um, you know, I really believe in our roster, what these kids have been doing. And um, it'll be exciting. It'll be cool. Just some of these matchups, as we all know, yeah. it's just going to be, gonna be uh, awesome. Uh, you know, not only in our league, but the SEC with some of the stuff that they're going to, you know, it's like, Texas goes to Kentucky. It's like, what, what? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. Oregon, I think you a big, a big
2: pin patch on an Oregon. Jersey's just going to West Lafayette. It's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> hey, Rutgers oh, wow.
1: on a Thursday, baby.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, one, one other question I had is, you know, in all your different stops, high school ball, um, UTSA now to Oregon. Um, when you think about calling a game, You know, a lot of guys will get in the debate about, I want to be in the box. I want to have things laid out. I want my pens and highlighters, or I want to be on the sideline. I want to be able to look my quarterback in the eye. Like, where do you fall on that continuum of sideline versus booth? And what, what do you think is best for guys?
0: I mean, it just kind of depends. Like, so when I first called it, I was at Lake Travis. I was really the only new guy. I was the signaler too. So Mm -hmm. everything I did was on the sideline and, I felt that important for me at that time to be with those kids to help orchestrate it um, for me to signal it because I could signal it better than anybody else. I knew exactly Exactly. what I wanted to get to. So I was almost, I trained myself in that way. And, you know, so then when I got promoted at UTSA, I was already on the field with the whiteouts. One of my best friends is Justin Burke, who's now the, the coordinator at UTSA he's about as good of eyes up in the sky as you get. I mean, I almost Jeez. feel like he's better than yeah. me up there. He's better served up there than he is down here and me up there. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. so stay up there. I'm going to stay down here. If I got a question, I'm going to ask. But I also played quarterback. I know what I'm looking at. Like I can, I know where the ball's supposed to hit. I know the problems to each play. Um, and as a play caller, I mean – Sometimes you're looking at the sheet too, right? If especially on like a third down, like you need you need to get to something. I mean a lot of us don't look at it. I'm sure you don't dan at times, but you know sometimes we do, so your eyes are down anyways so but no, I love the feel of the player. I love the the, the, the to look them in the eyes like you all talked about to yeah. feel the momentum to be able to talk through adjustments directly to the quarterback on the sideline um you know actually called the spring game here from the box last year we do like a green, you know, it's an inner squad. So um Dan didn't want me running back and forth between sidelines, which I totally get. It would look kind of weird. So I called it from the box in Austin. and it was the worst experience of my life. I was like, <laughs> yes. all like, right, go to sleep up there. It's boring. I'm like, this sucks. I can't talk to anybody. If I want to call, they got to Hey, yell down. I'm like, this is why I don't come up here. You yeah. know, it's too quiet. <laughs> I don't like that. It like freaked me out. So I was like, I literally look at the guys, I'm like, yeah, this is why I do not come up in the box. I like to go down the field and I like to just, shoot, I like to dab people up. I like to, field. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I like talking to Dan, our head guy face to face, you know? Yep. And like, yeah. if you need a timeout, I can at least look to him and be like, hey, let's call timeout, you know, something like that. So I love the field and I know a lot of guys in NFL call it. I know they're also head coaches, so they wouldn't be up in the box anyways, but. If you really trust your guys up in the box, you know, Drew Marringer is up in the box for me here. who's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. That really, really helps. If you didn't feel confident with people upstairs giving you correct information, that might make you go up. But I would say you need to train them better, too, and to, to get them looking at specific things. So, yeah, it's all it's all personal preference. I just prefer to be on the field with the players.
1: No, that makes sense. We're we're close to our time here. Does anybody have any one last question, maybe before uh, we we let you get back to back to work? I guess I got to redeem myself from earlier. So we're gonna go <laughs> you we're go the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <An> <laughs> opposite. Um, you know, you mentioned the bowl prep game you did back for uh, Texas versus Missouri. I guess uh, just think through your career. Like, what do you enjoy the most about play calling?
0: You say it what? What do you, what do you enjoy the most about play calling? What do I enjoy most about play calling? man it's just like it's definitely like an adrenaline rush like like a, a high or so you can't really <laughs> it, it's hard to describe like when and, and it's a culmination not just you and your work but everybody's work and yeah. and when you're able to, to have a piece of it and and to make the call in those situations that you had plan for and prep for and it hits, it's like nothing else. And to see the joy on the kids' faces when it works or when it hits and you're just in rhythm, I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's like anything in sports, you know, like you just get in this zone and it's just, I don't know, it's a kind of indescribable feeling. Um, and that was at Lake Travis. I was at UTSA. That's it here at Oregon. It really – it could be my son's youth football <laughs> 10 years from now. You're still going <laughs> to that and uh, so yeah it's just it's something that you can't really describe it's just it's just a pure feeling I don't know it's it's really cool and I'm I'm very fortunate to be in this position it's not something I take lightly and you know we all know when you are in this position you just want to give your team the best chance to to go out there and have success and and win and um, and you know it takes all of us to village When, when it's just you it can be pretty lonely because, you know, it, it, it takes everybody. It really does. At LT, I had great support. Guys that have won a ton of games. At UTSA, we were kind of in there from the ground roots up and built it together. And here, you know, you got phenomenal staff and support to help you through it. So um, it definitely helps when you got guys on your side and, and players that can go execute it, as we do here. So, um, yeah, man, it's a really cool feeling.
1: And that's awesome. Well, Will, we appreciate your time, man. This was a blast for us, real treat for us. And we'll definitely have to have you back on again uh, soon sometime. And, and trust me, we'll be watching every game this year. We'll make sure you get on the Twitter, get on the Instagram. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll show man, you love. i give them the content. We've got to get you some Thank love.
0: You. Yeah, just, no, anytime you guys want to talk, man, I, I love doing this. Even after spring, if we want to get together and kind of reconnect, we, no doubt. we can we'll do, do it, it, it whenever it. you
1: guys we'll do it.
0: are awesome and, and really appreciate y'all having me on
1: absolutely man this is awesome appreciate you
0: victory is a great play call